Hey sisters, you're listening to the Follow Him With Us podcast, where you learn to follow him with us. I'm Katie, and I'm Monica, and we're we're your hosts, hosts. so grab your Bible and let's go. Hello? Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, you guys. It's like, it's so weird doing the podcast this way, because when we're saying hi to each other, like, we're also saying hi to anyway. It's like a phone call for us, because we're not... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Usually when we're doing it in person, we've already said hi to each other. Obviously. (laughs) But this way, it's like we're saying hi to make sure that we can hear each other, first of all. Yeah. But everybody else is also listening, so we're also saying hi to them. You're right. Yeah. So hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) We're back. back to our podcast. What is this, week four? Oh, whoa, we're so good. Look at us go. Yep. Okay. Well, this week on Come Follow Me, yes. um, we're talking about First Nephi chapters 11 through 15, and that's a lot. Yes. It is a lot. There's a lot in here, a lot to cover. So we encourage all of you to, like, if you haven't read them yet, pause the podcast go back and read the chapters first yourself and then come back because we're not going to be like going through everything we're just going to be kind of talking about like what stood out to us and things that we noticed because it would be like a three hour long podcast if we like (laughs) went through and discussed every little thing so yeah Yeah, we're yappers we can yap about the book of mormon especially forever yes um my whole life yes my whole life i could talk about First Nephi, 11 through 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, in these chapters, it's Nephi wanting to have a testimony and see the things that his father Lehi saw. Yes. Um, which is really amazing because... Uh, it's one of the most important things that we're seeing is that he has a desire to learn. And because of his faith, God blesses him with his vision. Yes. At the top of my scriptures in this section, I actually wrote desire, believe, ponder, receive. Because um, that's the order of everything. I guess I'll just read the verse. Yeah. Um. In the first verse, it says, For it came to pass that I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, which I had never seen before. And basically, and then he receives the revelation. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was a really cool, like, order to give us, because I don't know, I like lists, I like directions. Yeah, give us the order um, again. Desire, believe, ponder, receive. Wow. I love it. Yes. I'm writing it down. It, like, kind of rhymes, too. It's it cool. does. That could be on a shirt. Yeah. You guys need to okay. let us know, like, what what t-shirt, hoodie designs you guys would actually wear. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, desire, believe, ponder, receive. That's amazing. That's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And, and that, it's exactly what Joseph Smith did, too. Yeah. It's what every prophet that's received revelation 
or any person mm-hmm. that's received revelation has done. Yeah. That's how you do it. I feel like when we think of it a lot, we probably think of it as like desire, ponder, receive, believe. But the believing yeah. that God is gonna is able to make it known to you first is like that has to come first because God's not gonna give you revelation if you don't believe that he can give it to you. Right. Like your heart's not gonna be open to receiving it. There's a scripture I think that says even the desire to believe is enough. But believing mm-hmm. always comes first. Yes. I know that's in Alma somewhere, like Alma thirty maybe. Yeah. It's Alma's somewhere. so good. Alma's really good. Cannot wait. Okay, well, because of Nephi... I found it. Alma Alma thirty two twenty seven. Even if you can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you until you believe in a manner that you can give place for a portion of my words. Yeah. Nice. That was really fast. It was. <laughs> Good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, well, we see that when Nephi um, has this testimony, right? The spirit asks him, basically, do you have a testimony? And Nephi's like, yeah. And the spirit rejoices in the testimony of Nephi. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting because... It's just, it makes it clear to us that not only are we excited when we have a testimony, but um, it says later, I think, in by that spirits and angels rejoice. Like, everybody's happy for you. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that you're happy with. People are happy for you. And I like the word rejoice because, I mean, I don't know, I haven't looked up, like, where the words originated from, but joy is in the word rejoice. Right. And if you guys haven't listened to it, we have a whole podcast episode about joy versus happiness. But mm-hmm. we love joy. It's my middle name. <laughs> um, joy is good. And I don't know. I just think it's cool that it's in there. Yeah, super cool. Um, so in Nephi's vision, he sees a lot. But I, what I think is most interesting is how he sees the life and teachings of Christ. Yes, he's literally seeing Christ, and he sees the exact things that happen in the Book of Mormon in Third Nephi, like, way later. Yeah. So incredible. Because mm-hmm. you were saying in our last episode how everything that God has ever said is going to happen has happened. So yes. why should we not believe him, right? Well, we're getting, like, a mm-hmm. really clear example of this when Nephi's like, hey— guess what I saw? And then later when we're reading the Book of Mormon, it happens. Mm -hmm. So amazing. I noticed in my reading this week too, um, people say like, and it came to pass like all the time in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. I feel like we kind of make fun of it almost just because like (laughs) it said so much, but I noticed that it was kind of another like, and thus it is moment. Yeah. Um, It came to pass. Like it happened. It passed. It came. It, you know, it's not yeah. like it could happen. It came to, like, anyway, it's just a different way of looking at it instead of it just being like, yeah, it's a random word. Like, it's how they used to speak. Like, maybe it is, but maybe they also meant, like, it in that way. Right. It came and it passed. Mm-hmm. It happened, period. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I, I think that Nephi is 
you know, obviously he's seeing all of Christ's life, but he also asked to see what his father saw. And um, because that's all he asked for, he said, like, I desire to know the thing that which my father has seen or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Lehi could have seen these things, but um, just didn't didn't want or couldn't share those things with his family right at that time yeah maybe like layman and lemuel weren't um or any of them maybe they just weren't prepared to receive that revelation right maybe they didn't have the desire or believe or ponder (laughs) to receive (laughs) exactly so it's interesting to think that like either nephi is seeing the things which lehi saw and more or Mm -hmm. lehi saw all of it Mm mm-hmm um we'll never know we'll never know but i, <laughs> I guess mean... we'll never know just the number one <laughs> champion so yeah i said we're about to get down get down <laughs> we're the hottest in the world right now <laughs> just wiped out tomato town okay <laughs> well i think it's, it's like important that nephi got this revelation so that he could write and teach of God mm-hmm. like he needed Nephi needed this vision it was a blessing you know that God gave yes. him God didn't have to show him all of it even though Nephi asked but mm-hmm. he did I think it just kind of shows us that for us to like tell other people about Christ we have to like know who he is for ourselves first and yeah. you know we aren't having visions like this and actually seeing Christ like Nephi did but we are having like experiences and seeing him in other ways and I think it it's important that we follow Nephi and we have like a relationship with God and Christ first before we go like I mean obviously if you're wanting to share that with other people I think that you do already have a relationship with him but just like it's not a sponsorship it's a relationship and so make sure that it's a two-way like you're communicating with him and it's not just like you're preaching about him but you don't know him really yeah Absolutely. Um, well, the spirit tells Nephi the meaning of Lehi's dream because he asks. Mm-hmm. He's like, tell me exactly what this means. And um, what I thought was kind of interesting, just another perspective of looking at the tree of life that I kind of found in this chapter is... Um, the tree is the love of God, and, you know, what does the tree give us? It gives us fruit, and, um, the love of God gives us Christ, right? God Mm -hmm. gave us Christ because he loves us. Um, and the sweetness that Lehi and Nephi and, um, you know, everybody who goes to the tree and eats the fruit is tasting would be what Christ does through us, through the atonement. That's the sweetness, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought that was uh, clearer in this chapter than it was when Nephi was recounting Lehi's dream. Yeah, I think that um, it's, you know, a more personal experience, and so Nephi is able to, like, go into more depth and share things. And so I think that these chapters are really helpful for kind of understanding Lehi's dream more because it's, like, I feel like we're always taught, like, from the chapters where he's describing Lehi's dream. Um, 
and we're told what the things mean, like, probably from these chapters, but I feel like I've never, I mean, obviously I have read it before, but I feel like I've never really noticed before, like, the meanings in the scriptures in these chapters here. Right. It's important not to skip over or, like, kind of scan these verses because even though they're talking about the same thing, it it's so much it's so important to read them because it goes into so much more depth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in here that we don't get from the high stream, like Nephi seeing Christ. <laughs> right. That's kind of a big thing that's not really included in Lehi's vision. Yeah, exactly. Well what next? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that I've highlighted that I could talk about, but I feel like it's kind of good if you just read it like yourself. And I don't know, I just encourage you to read the scripture and look for Christ specifically in it, because I know that when I did that, I noticed a lot of things in here about Christ. And I feel like it's kind of that way with the whole Book of Mormon. Like, it's easy to get distracted with, like, a tree and, you know, an iron rod and stuff. But Christ is in here so much, too. Like, you just have to kind of look for him. Right. Exactly. Um, something that really pops out to everybody who reads the Book of Mormon is um, chapter 13, verse 15, when we're talking about how Nephi is seeing so many things. He's seeing Christ's life. He's seeing the great apostasy, um, which is, you know, where, where people fall away from the church. He's seeing the Book of Mormon, the restoration of truths, right? So many things. And in that, he sees um, a, a curse, and it's referring referring to the curse as um, a blackness, right? Then yes. Versus a whiteness. And people relate that and think of people in our church as racist because of this verse. Yeah, um, I've encountered that. Right. Um, People have sent me, like, the church made this old cartoon, and people keep sending me clips from it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and so, like, later in Second Nephi, we'll get into that, where it's going to be super different. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go into more detail about that curse. But, okay, so what I... What I kind of gathered, my own understanding of that verse, um, just like a brief one before, you know, to kind of address it before we get into Second Nephi, mm-hmm. is um, Gary E. Stevenson, a church leader, he states that he wants it clear that the church condemns all racism, past and present. And um, he uh, disavows any theory that black or dark skin is a curse. So, and right away, oh, and Second Nephi... 2633 um it says like all people come on come on to me um black and white male female you know everybody god loves everyone so racism is not even a thing in the book of mormon plus yeah everybody in the book of mormon is dark anyway so that doesn't make any sense (laughs) jesus was dark like (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, god um God, like, made race, but I feel like it's, like, you know, we say, like, oh, like, we don't see race or whatever, like, yeah, God obviously sees it, but he doesn't, like, see it as, like, um, something that's gonna keep you from his love or, 
getting to heaven. Like, he doesn't see it as a curse. It's just the way that he made certain people. Right. When they're talking about skins in the Book of Mormon, they're often talking about clothes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one version of interpreting that verse. Another one is throughout the whole Book of Mormon and scriptures, we're referring to things as light and dark, right? Mm-hmm. That felt light and dark. And you can't you can't read scriptures that say God loves everybody, male, female, black and white, young, old, and then also believe that God is racist. That's yeah. That yeah. just doesn't work. Right. So that's just a verse that I know sticks out to a lot of people. And before we get into those second Nephi where it talks about it deeper, I wanted to kind of talk about that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Good to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Um I noticed in verse 11, he said, Three generations pass away in righteousness, and their garments were white, even like unto Lamb of God, um, because of their faith in him. And it just kind of made me think, like, how it said, like, they passed away in righteousness. To me, that kind of makes it sound like they, um, even if they weren't, like, righteous for their whole life, like, when they passed away, they were. And I don't know, that just kind of gives me, like, hope that, even if I, like, make mistakes, I can, if I genuinely come back to God and repent and whatever, even if it's at the end of my life, um, I can pass away in righteousness. Right. Right. A lot of, really good because a lot of people, especially new people into the church, I feel like they feel guilty and really bad for the life they led before they were a part of the church. Mm-hmm. Or before they knew the teachings. And that's just not fair to yourself. Yeah. You didn't know. And as long as you come to Christ and fix those fix mistakes or apologize or repent, um, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Repenting is an important one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can. You can do it. Yeah, and you know do what? all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So true. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, repenting can be really hard sometimes, but for the most part, it's pretty easy. If you feel mm-hmm. bad, you know that God loves you and he's not going to condemn you for saying sorry. It's mm-hmm. really easy to to want to feel that love and if you know that repenting's going to give you that, I don't know. For me, it's it's a no-brainer. Yes. It's hard, but it's worth it. Right. Um, Moving on to verse 17, I'm kind of going to... Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> it says, The temptations of the devil which blindeth the eyes and hardeneth the hearts of the children of men and leadeth them away into broad roads that they perish and are lost. Um, and then verse 18, it says like that the pride of the children of men divides them. Um, temptation, like, it hardens our hearts against our fellow men and the spirit. Um, I know that Lehi and Nephi, like, when they were talking about Laman and Lemuel a lot, they'll say that, like, it was, like, the hardness of their hearts. The hardness of their hearts. Like, they say it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so, it's, like, it divides us from 
our family and our friends and stuff, but it also blocks us from feeling the spirit. Um, because we learn in Doctrine and Covenants chapter 8 verse 2 that he will tell us in our mind and in our hearts. Um, and so it like temptation hardens our hearts and then it blinds us from feeling the spirit and receiving the revelation. And maybe that's why um, Laman and Lemuel weren't able to hear Lehi's vision or get the vision for themselves is because their heart was just hardened against the Lord and the spirit. Um, I want to go to Luke chapter four, if that's okay. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'll allow it. Because this is when Jesus is, you know, he fasted for 40 days and the devil comes to tempt him um just kind of going off of temptation how it hardens our heart like satan knows where we're weak um i've always noticed that you know he knows christ is hungry and so that's what he's going for but he also knows that he couldn't just like outright get christ to like um eat food and so he just tries to tempt him by telling him if you're the son of god um command that stone that it be made into bread he's not commanding him to eat the bread he's just commanding him to make it into bread because then he knows that he will be tempted um after that yeah and so we just we need to give um god our weakness because satan knows where we're weak um but god is also stronger than satan and so like in ether twelve twenty seven, it says i will make weak things become strong unto them so even though we have weaknesses and we can't help that if we give our weakness to god instead of giving our weakness to satan then our weakness will become strong and satan won't be able to touch us and we'll be able to resist temptation and soften our hearts boom mic drop boom. <laughs> yeah that's i love that whole teaching and promise that we get from the gospel um that you know our weaknesses will become strengths through Mm -hmm. god that's amazing i don't know about you but if i know when i'm struggling with things if i'm not reading my scriptures okay let's give that as an example and i feel bad about it i'm like oh i'm not reading my scriptures but i'm not doing anything to fix it Mm -hmm. and when i go to church and there's a talk and somebody's the talks about you know the importance of reading your scriptures that makes me feel bad satan is making me feel like oh don't listen to this because it's something that you know you're struggling with and it's making you feel shameful so don't listen mm-hmm. and i don't know but that happens to me all the time if it's something like i'm not saying my prayers and I come across a reel of, um, like, a prophet talking about um, saying prayers. I'm like, ah, oh, I, I need to say my prayers. I feel shameful. Skip that reel. Right? Because mm-hmm. it makes me feel bad about myself. Instead, we need to realize that, wait a minute, that reel, this talk, could actually help me. And I need to stay and and suffer through that shamefulness a little bit to get to the part where God's going to help me make it a strength. Mm-hmm. I know um, that's totally a real thing that, like, um, the truth is hard to hear, especially when you're, like, on the other end of it. Right. Um, going a little bit past what we're talking about today in Chapter 16, mm-hmm. um, right after what we talk about, um, Laman and Lemuel tell Nephi, they say, you've declared to us hard things more than we're able to bear. 
And then he says in verse two, the guilty taketh the truth to be hard for it cutteth them to the very center. Um, I think that's kind of why people like hate on churches a lot and whatever is that, yeah, it, hearing these things that you're doing wrong, um, it does hurt because we naturally want to please God. I think even if you don't believe in him, you don't want to have him um, hate you, which I think is actually interesting. Like atheists are an atheist because they think God hates them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I just thought it kind of went with what you were saying. Yeah, it absolutely does. Nephi, when he's first writing <laughs> in First Nephi, he says um, he says something like uh, these. The words that I'm writing, you know, they're not going to be easy to hear. Like, he says that right off the bat. I remember us talking about it. Yeah. Um, and it says in these chapters that um, the gospel is going to happen whether you like it or not. Oh, the gospel is everlasting. Either, basically, either you're with it or against it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the gospel happening it's here okay so either get on board or don't but it's not going away so Mm -hmm. yeah i know i just read a scripture like today about that and i don't know where it is but it's somewhere (laughs) are you looking for it (laughs) i am but we can move on okay (laughs) i'm like oh that's nice it's somewhere So in verse 28 of chapter 13, it says plain and precious things, truths. Um, And it it just begs the question, like, what have I found in the Book of Mormon that's plain and precious, right? Because Mm -hmm. Nephi is seeing that these things are lost, they're removed from the gospel, and then um, Joseph Smith restores And so it, you know, helps us to remember that these things are so important and how lucky are we that they're restored? You know, what things am I learning that precious and plain truths um, that I'm lucky to have because people before it was restored didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are super blessed to be alive when we have the Book of Mormon because, you know, like it's saying in here, like many parts have been taken away um, and many covenants were also taken away that they might blind the eyes and harden the hearts of the children of men. Yeah. And so just think like the people that were alive before they had the Book of Mormon, their eyes were blind and their hearts were hardened because they didn't have the Book of Mormon. And I just think that's really sad. I'm really grateful that um, people are able to learn about the gospel after they die because otherwise it wouldn't be fair that people were alive before the Book of Mormon was like dropped or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Book of Mormon just dropped. Just <laughs> New Testament of Jesus Christ just dropped. Everybody check it out. <laughs> but um, God is a just God and so he thought of everything and um, that's why our temple work and family history work is so important is so that we can bring the gospel to the people that were alive before they were blessed like we were yeah absolutely i saw this reel (laughs) on instagram (laughs) that kind of reminds me of that um it's this guy 
I don't know. I didn't f- f- look at the Instagram handle, so I'm giving no credit. But um, <laughs> he was like a pastor at a church, and he was giving this example of this comedian who's an atheist. And after a show, this guy came up to him and was like, hey, I think you're hilarious. You did such a great job. I just wanted to let you know that I love you. God loves you. Here's a Bible. And then he left. And this atheist usually would have been like, okay, well, I'm not going to read it. And he didn't. He didn't read it. But mm-hmm. something was different about this guy. He he was so genuine. And this comedian was talking about how much respect he has for people who believe in God um, and testify to people you know, all over, because Mm -hmm. he was like, how much would you have to hate a person to know that if you don't tell them that they're gonna go to hell, right? And these are people, uh, uh, nominations of Christianity that don't believe in, yeah, that just believe Mm -hmm. in heaven and hell, right? No in between. No, No learning about it after death, stuff like that. So he's like, how much... Would you have to hate a person? It's like if you saw somebody who's on their phone taking a step in the street and a bus is coming. It's like not going and trying to pull them back. Yeah, not being like, hey, watch out. Right. <laughs> You're about to die. You're about to um, be destructed. <laughs> exactly. So it's not even that, like, it's it's just the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like, you know, kind of like, it's kind of off topic, but, like, you know, people say, like, oh, Christians, like, hate gay people. Um, no, we're actually telling them, like, that what they're doing is wrong, so, because we love them. Like, it's just, it shows that we care about them, and we want them to not suffer for (laughs) eternity. We want them to be able to, um, give their sentence to Christ because Christ already suffered for them, and then you don't have to. Right, and again, those are hard things for people to hear. We, we always come back to you know, those people who harden their hearts and turn away because it was hard for them to hear. Mm-hmm. And then they get mad and they tell us that our religion is wrong and we're racist and mean and dumb. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It's okay. It's, it is what it is. Whatevs. <laughs> Doesn't bother <laughs> me because I'm not heeding the haters. Yep. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, I like how much they repeat that it's plain and precious, because I think that we kind of overcomplicate the gospel sometimes. But God keeps saying that um, it's plain and precious. Like, it'll be, it's kind of easy to understand. Like, I feel like kids have, like, the most simple understanding, and, like, they're taught, like, the most simple things of the gospel, but, like, they have, like, the strongest faith of, like, anyone that I know. Right. Like, I swear, like, kids will just be, like, oh, I lost my teddy bear, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to find it. Like, they have no doubt in their minds. Like, yeah, you just pray, and then God gives it to you. And I think that because they believe that so strongly, um, God gives it to them. Like, do they just have such, like, the gospel is so simple. Right. When we're adults, you know, it's like we think of it a lot more complicated. Like, well, you know, if if it's God's will, he'll give it to you. And, like, I think it's just because we we overcomplicated, like, our hearts are more complicated and our faith is more complicated and stuff, but I think that if you really have, like, as pure a faith as kids have, um, if you 
you know, you just believe so strongly that God is going to give this to you. And so he does because of your belief. Um, The gospel is plain and simple and it's way easier than I think people make it out to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, In chapter 11, verse 1. Nephi is saying that he was pondering, you know, before he was brought into this, taken away, he says, into this um, vision, he was pondering in his heart. He didn't say pondering in his mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so interesting. For some reason, it really jumped out at me because um, in my art class, we're actually, it's like art history. We were learning about um, ancient Egypt. And then a a lot of people know, but when you're preparing these people who have passed on, you take out their organs, except for ancient, people in ancient Egypt left the heart in the body because they believe, just like we do, um, when you die, you get to take your knowledge with you, right, um, mm-hmm. in the afterlife. And they believe that your knowledge is stored in the heart because of those gut feelings, you know. And when you're reading the scriptures and you get that kind of gut feeling or heart burning sensation, that's how you know it's true. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so interesting that like my knowledge of the gospel, it's stored in my heart because that's where I know it's true. That's where I felt it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's just something that I thought was so interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't think about that. I feel like when people talk about like you know teaching you like I mean I guess people can't really teach you how to ponder but like you know if they just teach you like about what it is they always say you know it's like oh thinking it over and like you know but it's it's in your heart which is really cool I've never thought of it that way right it's like you're it's like going into like a dark alleyway your brain sees that it looks safe you're like oh I'm looking into this dark alleyway no people are in it. It looks safe. I'm going to go. But your heart, mm-hmm. your gut feeling is telling you that something is wrong. So that's where mm-hmm. your knowledge is. That's what you listen to. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Good point. That was very interesting. It's like the, the scripture that says um, God knows the intent of your heart, which I think is interesting because maybe he could just tell that you know, Nephi's heart was ready to hear it. Like, maybe Nephi, I mean, I'm sure Nephi was pondering, but maybe it's pondering in his heart because God could just read his heart, like, that he was ready for it and that he had pure intent. Exactly. Um, when, this, when the Spirit's telling him, like, look, and I looked, look, and I looked, mm-hmm. right? That whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes the Spirit's asking him, hey, do you know what this means? And Nephi's like, nope. And the spirit's like, okay, I'm going to tell you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they know that he doesn't have all the knowledge. Nephi knows he doesn't have all the knowledge. He says that. But they know his intent and his faith, and that's all kept in the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really like in verse 40 of chapter 13, it's kind of another, like, introductory page to the Book of Mormon to me. Like, it's just a really good testament of the Book of Mormon. 
It says, These last records which thou hast seen among the Gentiles shall establish the truth of the first, which are of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been taken away from them, and shall make known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior of the world, and that all men must come unto him or they cannot be saved. I just think it's a really beautiful, like, it's such a short summary, but it, like, says so much about the Book of Mormon that it establishes the truth of the Bible, um, and it makes plain, it makes known the plain and precious things that had been taken away from the Bible, and it makes them known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that Christ is our Savior and the Son of God, and that we have to come to Him to be saved. Right. Amazing. I just really liked it. Yeah, it's- it's great. Um, it also brings up in verse 13, the great and abominable church. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really like mean. <laughs> but in reality, the great and abominable church is just any philosophy or organization that opposes belief in God. I don't remember where I got mm-hmm. that, but um, it's not a specific church that is talking about. It's just anything that opposes belief in god Mm -hmm. it says somewhere that it's like the the church of the adversary or something like that so any any like i don't know if it's even like a church necessarily but just like groups of people that are led by satan right anything that opposes belief in god great and abominable church yep there's a scripture that's like um, you can't serve two masters like it's me or Satan and like if you're exactly. not if you're not my um, follower you're my enemy or something like that like if it's anything that opposes God even if you don't think you're worshiping Satan you're not worshiping God so you are choosing Satan over him yeah if that makes sense yeah absolutely um chapter 14 sure okay um there's actually i feel like in all of these chapters there's kind of like a lot of scary things in here that can sound very heavy yeah um like in verse three that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) but i mean like consequences of your own actions why did you dig the pit Mm -hmm. for real and something that i learned in institute is that um if you know you're only gonna be that you know the person that fills the pit or whatever that you dug if you don't turn to christ and repent and let him um suffer for your sins then you will have to suffer for your sins which i never knew that before um yeah that you know you everybody that chooses to will be made um clean again but you can either choose to let christ do that for you because he already has and he's willing to or you can choose to have to do it yourself later <laughs> exactly it it reminds me of um uh, i think it was fsy where i heard this but your um i'm probably gonna butcher this and maybe it won't make sense but <laughs> <That's> uh, <okay. laughs> your sins are already forgiven mm-hmm. every sin that you're going to make forgiven but you yeah. have to you have to like choose that for yourself you know you have to mm-hmm. you have to grab it if it makes sense you have, to, you have to you have to take that forgiveness you know it's already there you just have to take it which I mm-hmm. think is interesting yeah 
it's like you know how sometimes there's like someone offers to help you and you're just like a little too like prideful and you're like no I can do it by myself I don't want your help I feel like it's like that like Christ already did it and he's already offering the help like um he already worked he already went to work and earned the money for us and maybe we're broke and then we really need money but we're just too prideful to accept the money that he already earned for us I feel like that's kind of an an easier way of putting it yeah totally Um, that was really good the money's already made we just have to accept the help exactly and he's like it's for you mm-hmm. he's like this I is earned this for you yeah this is your money you just have to take it mm-hmm. why aren't you taking it <laughs> and then you won't be in debt anymore yeah oh <laughs> good good word usage debt mm-hmm. yeah um i liked in chapter 14 verses 20 through 22 and maybe a few more of them um, he's talking about, I just finished reading the whole New Testament for the first time all the way through, mm-hmm. and, um, he was talking a lot about it in there, and he talked about John, and he said he shall see and write the remainder of these things, the things that he doesn't want Nephi to write in this book, mm-hmm. and he said that he shall also write concerning the end of the world, which is the book of Revelations, and I don't know, it's just another moment, like, the forethought and whatever, like, if God says it will happen, it will, like, I just read Revelations, and then now I'm reading in here that nephi saw that john would write that which is just cool yeah it's super super cool um to Mm -hmm. think about all that yeah like nephi back when nephi was alive god already knew that joseph smith was gonna bring the book of mormon to us Mm -hmm. and nephi saw that like that's wild yeah that's like whoa Mm mm-hmm I don't think that far in advance. No. And I like planning ahead, but I don't think that far ahead. <laughs> and I, Nephi was probably up in heaven with Christ. Like, hey, you said that was going to happen. Like, you yeah. know, he's probably excited. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like deja vu. It's like when you're watching a movie and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally saw that coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you like, you feel a little like, proud of yourself for that like predicting the movie or whatever Mm -hmm. that's how Nephi felt in heaven totally (laughs) (laughs) okay well verse one in chapter 14 something that when I was like first reading the book of Mormon that I have to constantly remind myself is when they say gentiles they just mean people Mm -hmm. and so it says it verse one is so amazing it says gentiles Oh, wait, no, that's my notes. Gentiles are just people. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it talks about listening to uh, Christ through his word or scriptures, right? Power and deeds um, and taking away stumbling blocks. Um, and I just think that's amazing. You know, he's talking to everybody. So listen to Christ mm-hmm. through his words. Um, you can listen to Christ through the power that he gives you, right? Confidence. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of think of. And then he takes away those things that are making it hard for you to understand the scriptures, your stumbling blocks or trials. I like, I totally missed that verse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you pointed those out. That's so cool. I never, I like the stumbling blocks. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All the things we stumble over, he will make us not stumble. Yeah. And then verse 14, <laughs> he says, armed with righteousness and power of God. 
I have the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> and righteousness. <laughs> um, but I just think that's another verse that's amazing. With the righteousness and power of God. Mm-hmm. Plain and precious. Yes, I love... I actually think Nephi is, like, a really good writer. Um, there's a couple of chapters in Second Nephi that I like to refer to as Nephi's psalm because, I don't know, <laughs> I just think that he has, like, really nice wording, and that's, I don't know, I'm a reader, I like cool wording. And yeah. so I feel like I can relate to scriptures better when they have cool wording like that. And so, I don't know, I like Nephi. He speaks to me. It's just, like, how we choose, like, favorite apostles and whatever at conference. I choose favorite favorite books in the <laughs> scriptures too <laughs> yeah that's that's cool he definitely gets better at writing and you can see that with all the prophets like they just get better mm-hmm. at writing yeah he starts out with like though i'm so young but exceedingly large in stature yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like writing psalms so right. It right. just shows that we can all grow and God uses imperfect people to accomplish his work. And maybe we become a little more perfect and a little more like Christ in the process. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we're already at like 45 minutes. Yes, so chapter we 15. Didn't, yes, we didn't even talk about chapter 15 yet. It's so good. It is really good. I actually have a few things, like a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so basically what happens in 15 is um, Nephi is done with the vision. Okay, he saw all that. Um, he had to regra- regain some strength, and then um, he talks to Laman Lemuel. Mm-hmm. Is what happens. Yes. Um, I really like in verse 3 he says that he spake many great things unto them which were hard to be understood save a man should inquire of the lord and they did not look unto the lord as they ought because they being hard in their hearts there it is Mm um so i think it's cool that um in order to understand you know like it's a plain and simple gospel but you have to inquire of the Lord for him to make it plain and simple to you. I just Ooh. thought that was was cool. That is cool. That's amazing to point out. That's a really mm-hmm. good point. Um, yeah, I love how Nephi was like... Um, well, Laman and Lemuel are like, this is hard to understand. And Nephi's like, yeah, it is hard to understand. But did you ask the Lord? And they're like, mm-hmm. no. But did have... you try? Right. <laughs> they're like, um, no, we didn't. We just said it was hard and then gave up. <laughs> this is hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> literally. That's literally how I imagine them. Yeah, this is hard. Because when Nephi comes back, they're discussing the things that Lehi telling them. So, like, Mm -hmm. they're talking about it. They want to understand, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to put in the work to understand. Yeah. And actually... No, keep going. Oh, I was going to say, except for when they have this really cute moment uh, when Nephi's like, it is hard to understand. What do you want to know? 
and I like this too. They ask yes. him so many questions. They ask I him questions, and Nephi is telling them right. They have a cute moment where mm-hmm. Nephi's like, "Okay, bring it on. Since you won't ask the Lord, I'll try to help you out." Mm-hmm. Um, something that I noticed. I don't know if it's like. I mean, I don't know. I just interpreted it this way. Yeah. But verses eight and nine, he says have ye inquired of the Lord? And then they said, we have not for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. And I don't know, when I read this, I just felt really sad because I thought that maybe they think that the Lord, like, doesn't want to speak to them. And so they don't even try. Like, maybe they just feel unworthy of his love and, like, unworthy of receiving revelation. Because, you know, like, all the times that um, they've been, like, persecuted of the Lord and they see how, like, holy and righteous that Nephi is and you know like maybe they just think that God only loves the righteous people like Nephi and Lehi and they aren't righteous so they're not worthy of receiving his revelation and they're just not going to try because they don't feel like they would receive it yeah I don't know I just thought that was sad it is sad it's a really good point because I think I talked about this earlier during Lehi's dream when he's telling Laman and Lemuel he's saying like oh and and you guys didn't partake of the fruit so Uh it wasn't uh like present time them not taking the fruit mm-hmm. so before they even were able like really had the chance to ask the lord they were told you know that they weren't right that's discouraging yeah. they're probably like well why would i ask if it's already been seen by our dad that like we're not going to partake of the fruit. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that is sad. That breaks my heart. I know. And then also, a different topic, um, <laughs> but in verse 6, I noticed it says, I came past after I'd received strength, I spake unto my brethren. Um, the first time I, like, was just kind of skimmed over this, I was, like, um, maybe he needed to, like, muster up the strength to go talk to his siblings. But then I noticed a little footnote, a little letter A on strength there that goes to Moses 110. Um, and it talks about how after Moses had um, a vision, it was many hours before Moses did again receive his natural strength like unto a man. And so, I don't know, I just kind of picture this as like a dream, like, you know, they call it Lehi's dream or whatever. Yeah. But this is actually like a vision where he was actually like speaking with and seeing angels and stuff. And I know that times in the scriptures like with Moses like it takes a lot of strength out of them like our bodies just literally like can't handle seeing God and angels because they're so powerful and so this is literally like he's actually there with them and this is an actual like vision it's not just like a dream right which I thought was a cool distinction it is it takes so much out of them that they have to like regain they have to take a little nap Mm -hmm. and then you know, that is really cool. So things the Book of Mormon teaches us, sometimes you just need a little nap. Uh, yeah. For real. <laughs> it's in the nap. scriptures, you guys. It is. What's that scripture um, where, I forget who it is. I always forget. But they said, God, I want to die. Like, just, just kill me. And mm-hmm. um, God was like, uh, you should, you should eat something, take a little nap. You'll be okay. Yes. Anyway. I love that. It's in the New Testament somewhere. It's really... I like that chapter a lot. Yeah. Totally. 
Okay, well, I don't have anything else, I don't think. That was a lot. Yes, I think I have one other thing. Where is it? Oh, I like in verse 25, he says um, that Nephi exhorted them to give heed unto the word of the Lord, and he exhorted them with all the energies of his soul. I think he says this a few times, but I was like, wow, he's using all the energy of his soul to try and get them to heed unto the word of the Lord. Yeah. Also, don't heed the haters, heed unto the word of the Lord. I just, I like the little heed there. Yeah, the totally. Part, don't heed the haters thing. <laughs> but, um... I don't know, it's like, I don't think that I use all of the energy of my soul when I'm sharing the gospel with people, and so it just kind of made me think, like, I want to put all of my energy and my whole self into this because Christ gave his life for it, and so I need to put my whole life and everything that I have within me into this work. Yeah, that's amazing. That is such a good note to end on. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Such a good few chapters. So much to talk about and learn. Um, yes. Within the, I feel like I need to reread it eighteen thousand times just to. Me too. <laughs> and you guys need to go read it because there were so many highlighted things in there and so many good things that I didn't even notice. Yeah. That you all need to go read and observe for yourself. Exactly. Go we love it you. in your heart. Yeah. Yes, we love you. Jesus loves you. Here's a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know for yourself. Read those things. We love you. I think that's it. Yes, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, because we're so good now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.